This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, the first hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingles. Low prices, love the savings, and the first weekend of college football is in the books. If you listen to Jeremy Green on Friday, you're, you're welcome. a very happy person. You're welcome. <laughs> that was 5-0 and oh, if you weren't keeping track at home. Right. Nebraska is horrid. Dave Martinez may be the worst college quarterback I've ever seen for a Power 5 school. <laughs> That's saying a lot. It's one thing when you are, are just a little inaccurate. It's another when there's not anybody in the frame and you still keep missing them. Right. <sighs> but Illinois paid off well for you. It did. Money line against the number. It's just all good. What did you, you went 5-0 and on the picks that you made on the show. Yes. And then you made more picks outside of that because you kept winning on Saturday. I did. And ended up 11-0? and 11-0, yeah. Wow. That's a pretty good start. UCLA first half against Miami. Or uh, against Hawaii. I Hawaii. Mean. Yeah, that, that went nicely. <laughs> College football is officially underway. We will continue our previews of each and uh, every major conference in college football today with the SEC. We'll do the SEC East first, SEC West coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. And, uh, yeah, we had a lot of things go on over the weekend. We'll talk about the Jake Paul fight. Do we have to? We have to. I don't think we have to. I I think you're using have to wrong. Okay, well, how about this? Uh, I watched the fight. Jeremy has some very pointed comments about the fight, and I think it would behoove us to talk about it at some point today. I'm so tired of the uh, uh, anything Paul. <laughs> we'll get used to it, buddy. Jake Paul, it's... Logan Paul, Chris Paul, Rand Paul, out. I, I'm over it. I'm over that name. Even Rand? Wow. I don't really know who Rand Paul is, so I... <laughs> Was he from Kentucky? A, yeah, he's yeah, a senator, Republican senator from Kentucky. Yep, and he's, that is all I know. If I was doing his Wikipedia, it would be that one sentence long, because that's all I got. That's all you got. Okay. Uh, anyhow, yeah, we'll talk about the uh, the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley fight and how it is continuing to uh, destroy the boxing game. Uh, obviously, Hurricane Ida swept through the New Orleans area over the weekend. New Orleans Saints have had to relocate. They don't know that they're going to be able to come back home for uh, the next week. We've had the Oklahoma two-lane game that was supposed to be held down in New Orleans. They're going to move it. They don't know where they're going to move it to yet. Norman, Oklahoma. Well, I'm pretty sure that's where that's going to yeah, happen. That's exactly where they're going to move it to. Unless they move it to Dallas. Can can they move it to Dallas? Why? I mean, it's a bigger stadium. I mean, I get that. You think people are really clamoring to go see what the... The 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 if what even what is two lane the green wave the green wave not a lot of two lane fans in Texas you don't think no I will tell you this Oklahoma might score nine hundred points in that game <laughs> I 
That team's not very good defensively anyway. Right. Now with all the instability, shoe buddy. I thought it was a very odd, a very odd neutral site game. Why? I don't know. I just, I mean, you see these other ones are, you know, Clemson and Georgia and Alabama and Miami and Oklahoma Tulane. Like that was going to be a special one-off game. Ah, It's fun to watch really Willie Fritz's team score. Unfortunately, they don't stop anybody. So, who the hell's Willie Fritz? The head coach at Tulane. Oh well, see, he's interviewed for about nine hundred D one coaching jobs. He ever got one? No, no, he doesn't. No, they because they watch his offense and go, "Yeah, look at you score points," and then they go on defense. Oh, right, that's why you're at Tulane. Right, Uh, big injury over the weekend in the NFL. We'll talk about some preseason action as well at some point in the in the in the uh, in the program today. Um, your quarterback looked pretty good. Not Zach Wilson, the other one. I was about to say, my quarterback didn't play. So, Sam Darnold on Friday night, he looked pretty decent. I, he had some hiccups. It was I, his first I have to extended say this. period, you know, his first extended time in the preseason. He looked pretty good. I have to say this because Panthers Twitter went absolutely nuts yesterday. Let me, I'm going to say this one time and I'm only going to say it one time. Stop. With the Panthers are going after Deshaun Watson thing. Stop that. It's dumb, dumb talk. And it's the easiest thing to figure out in the history of time. Mm-hmm. This story broke yesterday that league sources believe they're getting closer to a Houston trade of Deshaun Watson. Okay, let me tell you. And, and I've heard this literally from bait riders with practically every team in the NFL. Uh-huh. Until Houston drops their asking price, stop talking about Deshaun Watson. It does not matter. Right. They want three ones and three twos, and or three ones and two twos, and they're not coming off that. Philly's out, Denver's out, Carolina's out. Yep. The only team that's not definitively out is the reason that you know about this, Miami. because the Houston Texans went. Well, let's make it a little uncomfortable for you because they've had substantial talks about Deshaun Watson. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But the question I always ask when you see these stories: Who wanted you to know that? Because mm-hmm. it surely was not the Miami Dolphins. No. If that had come out of the Miami Dolphins camp, they'd they'd have a lot of a lot of a lot more questions. Well, they have more answer. as it sits because why are you still talking about this? Right. Well, any chance you can get to get a top five quarterback, I mean, you're going to take your shots. You're not going to mortgage the future for it, though. It's the one thing about the report over the weekend of uh, you know Deshaun Watson could still be moved was that the teams were asking for some kind of insurance. If he faces criminal prosecution, and Houston is completely picks. out on that, mm-hmm. because their fear—let's say he doesn't play for two years—you just traded your franchise asset, which is going to cost you a bajillion dollars to trade in the first place, right? For two fours and a one three years from now, mm-hmm. not going to happen. No, it's not. It looks like uh, they are at a they are at a stalemate with Deshaun Watson still. And I'm not, I'm not surprised. And today it was uh, Brian Flores coming out and saying they, they look for high-character guys. And I don't think Deshaun Watson falls into that category anymore. I really don't. I don't think it's going to happen. J.K. Dobbins went down over the weekend. It's unfortunate. How much does it hurt the Baltimore Ravens, though? It's going to hurt. I mean, I think it hurts, but I don't know that I would change my...
preseason prediction on them the just thing because that, of it. The thing that really bothers me is that it was so unbelievably predictable. And the reason I know that is because I predictabled it on Friday. <laughs> I literally said, if you don't come to some uniformity of when you play your ones and they play their threes, eventually somebody's going to get hurt. Yep. And what happened? A guy that makes has virtually no shot of making the roster. Puts a helmet on a knee on J.K. Dobbins on a screen pass, and he's done for the year. Yep. This is something the NFL needs to address. Toot sweet. I promise you you won't do this again, where it's, oh, uh, who's going to do what? Uh, nobody's going to play anybody. Mm-hmm. And personally, I'm here for it. I think it's the smartest thing to do, especially when you get, especially when you get into a situation like this. Like, last preseason game, the other team says they're not starting anybody. Why would you trot your starters out? Here's what I know definitively. John Gruden played one quarterback the entire preseason. It was Nathan Peterman. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. I think Sean McVay only played one quarterback. I'm pretty sure Bryce Perkins is the only one that actually threw a pass in any preseason game. If I'm a head coach, that's where I go. Yep. There's too much. Well, well, our dress rehearsal is the third game. Well, ours is the second. No. No. Just playing none of them. I'm out. Out. And the league, uh, the league, I think, will have a problem with that, or the owners will have a problem with that, because who's going to come see that? Who will pay to go to a preseason game if you know none of your players are going to play? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level with you. Yeah. From the looks of crowds at preseason games, it doesn't matter because nobody's going anyway. True. I wouldn't. I saw multiple preseason games that looked like they were a fifthful yeah. at best. Well, that's, that's one thing I've always had a problem with the preseason is, uh, you know, um, I don't know if other teams do it the same way, but I remember when I was uh, when I was working in Atlanta, and the tickets were the same price for a regular season game or for a preseason game. Yeah, that's not the way most teams do it. I can tell you that. Much. Okay, you can get preseason tickets for five dollars. I was gonna say like fifteen bucks. Fifteen bucks, maybe I'll consider taking my family to a preseason game. But the thing of it is that the argument's always been the owners are not going to come off of this because they don't want to lose the home date. Mm-hmm. I got news for you. If that's what you're worried about, and now granted, I know there are things that go into it with advertisers buying seats and people don't show up. Yep. I, I get that. Yep. If that's what you're worried about, that's a bad look. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Jets and the, the Eagles played Friday night. I'm going to level with you. They shouldn't allow anybody on that field. Why is that? Because there was a downpour 14 minutes before kickoff was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson was supposed to play. Jalen Hurts was supposed to play. How many snaps did they take between the two of them? Zero. Because there was a downpour right before kickoff, lightning, all those things. Mm-hmm. Nobody plays. Game wound up being entertaining. I mean, you end, I mean, you ended a tie. Walk off Hail Mary. What up? <laughs> James Morgan, let's go. 31-31 and just, all right, we'll call it good. QB3, let's go. <laughs> so the, I think this is the first time I've ever seen a tie in the preseason. Of course, it's the Jets and the Eagles. Of course Are you is. shocked? No. You shouldn't be. <laughs> no, not shocked at all. Uh, not shocked by anything that happened over the weekend in college football either. I think all the favorites except for Illinois uh, won. Illinois, Illinois should have been your favorite. Illinois, I tried to tell yeah. you. Illinois was a seven-point dog to the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and Nebraska pulled Nebraska. Seven and a half. 
Seven and a half. Excuse oh, me. and Illinois did it with their backup quarterback because their high-level quarterback got hurt on the second drive. Nice. Still covered. Yeah. What up? <laughs> and, of course, Jeremy got it right as he did not miss a game all weekend long. And he'll have your green-on-green picks right here every every Friday. And this week, every day except for today and tomorrow. Because we got football Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Six days of college football coming up this week. We continue with our season previews going uh, conference by conference. We've done the ACC. We've done the Big Ten. And we should only, it's only right that we kick off this week, the week of all the major games, by going over the best conference, the SEC. In the SEC East, it's Georgia's to lose, in my opinion. And I'm not just, that's not just me speaking from Homerville. Uh, well, the, you live in Homerville, so the, you are speaking from oh, there. Oh, come on. Georgia, number one overall. JT Daniels, we saw what happened last year with this team. They, they could not get much going. Kirby Smart, I still, I, I still blame him a lot for how the season started off last year. Just, I mean, being, uh, being so adamant about Stetson Bennett. You're never going to convince me that JT Daniels, there was not something wrong with the knee. But they continue to say, no, he's fine. We just think Stetson gives us the best chance to win. And then you saw, as JT Daniels came in, that offense started to hit a groove, and they became dangerous at the end of the season. Unfortunately, they had already lost to Florida at that point and lost the SEC East. So, this year, it's SEC East, championship or bust. It's championship game or bust. And Well, they're going to wind up in the SEC title game. There's no yes. doubt about that. Yes. Looking at the schedule, it is pitifully bad for the SEC. You almost could not play worse of an SEC schedule than Georgia does. They have two losable games, mm-hmm. and one of them, for me, is a stretch. What, the Florida game? Yes. Yeah. That's a stretch. Yeah. Florida lost a ton. Emory Jones is a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's very he's very mobile. The biggest drawback on Georgia last year was that you had a good, not great offense. The defense was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You're going to shut down probably 75% of the teams you play just because how much better than them you are. Mm-hmm. The whole season begins and ends on Saturday. Yes. That's it. There, there is nothing else. Yeah, Saturday, September the fourth, Bank of America Stadium. We got Clemson and Georgia. Could be the only loss on the schedule for both teams. You rest assured, this game will be one hundred percent featured. Oh yeah, I've it's, already, I've already got a, I've got a chunk on this game. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie, I do. Yeah, because I feel really good about this one way, mm-hmm. the Georgia way. I can't tell you, can't you that. Reveal that now. It's Monday. Um, That's what you're trying to do Friday a- on Monday. <laughs> uh, it better be Georgia. It better be the Georgia way because uh, to me it just makes sense. JT Daniels, you got the the more seasoned quarterback in there. Um, you got a team that's just I don't know. I feel is gelled a little bit more, a little less to get used to than Clemson does. Not trying to undersell Clemson. It's going to be a heck of a game. It's one of the best week one games I've ever seen. Agreed. 
The one thing I'll say about Georgia is that your offensive line, as it always is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to run the ball with Zamir White, James Cook. Yep. The question is, can JT? I feel there. like you're going to be there. Mm-hmm. You're going to have every opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now, the one caveat of that is you better show up Saturday. Because if you, if you come out flat and you look bad against Clemson, you'll never recover. There's too many teams that are going to be about one loss, and if the one really reputable team you play mm-hmm. just runs you off the field on a neutral site, you're mm-hmm. already doomed. I'd agree with that. But I expect a very close game in that first game of the season. Whether it be a win or it be a loss, it's not going to be a season killer if it's close. If they're really close, I mean, obviously you got to get the job done against Alabama in the SEC championship game because they're not well, on the schedule. Well, that would make that a must win. Yes. You would then have to beat Alabama. Yes. And I'm going to level. I don't see that happening. I don't either, but I always have to believe in miracles. At some point, you got to think Kirby Smart's going to be able to get the monkey off his back. And he's done it once. Uh, that's the only time he's been able to do it. The thing is, you have to avoid the Mulligan game, the South Carolina game from a couple years ago. The game you have mm-hmm. absolutely no excuse to lose. And you do. The reason I hate Rodrigo Blankenship to this day. That wasn't uh, what wasn't a great showing. <laughs> not worried. I'm not worried. Remember? Yeah, we yeah, were live the- on the air on 570 WWNC, and it was a close game, and Georgia was trailing South Carolina. It's like I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. This is going to turn around anytime soon. Yeah, and, and it, it never did. It, it only added a little piece to it that I had a mint on South Carolina. Right. And I kept just looking at him going, you worried yet? No. By the time I got to the fourth quarter, I went, you should be. <laughs> and then Blankenship misses the kicks. Two, I think he missed three of them in that game. He did. It was awful. Horrid. It's been the, it's been the hallmark of Georgia football for... Every well, I mean, it's going on forty years now. Nineteen eighty was the last time they won a national championship with Herbert or Herbert Walker. Herbert Walker. <laughs> it was Herbert well, Walker. George Herbert Walker was a president. <laughs> Herschel Walker. Yeah, you just blended that in your head. He's running for Senate, so now I he's. Did, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think I had Justin Herbert in my head. I don't know. Anyhow. Um, it's been 41 years since they have won a national title, and the expectations have never been higher. You're right there. I mean, everything sets up for you well. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, we'll talk about every team on this schedule, you know, save the non-conference because they're not in the SEC. Right. You get every team that's been an absolute train wreck this offseason. Mm-hmm. All of them. You mm-hmm. got like five of them in a row. Mm-hmm. It all sets up for you. This is the make-or-break year for Kirby Smart. If you find a way to lose one of these, especially if you beat Clemson, it's going to get real loud on Kirby real fast. Right. You cannot lose no. any other game. And you really Maybe need to win all of them. Game. You need to win every game on the schedule by double digits. And I, don't, I really don't think that's much of a stretch. It's not. This schedule is terrible. Mm-hmm. And after the break, we'll get to Florida, and I'll tell you why that's not... That sounds daunting. It's really not. SEC East, it's in the palm of Georgia's hands. The question is, are they going to pull the Georgia and lose the game that they shouldn't lose like they have year after year after year? You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. I believe real estate isn't about properties. 
It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. The Sports Tank. Let's open up the whole can and kick ass and kill them all. Let the paramedics sort them out. ESPN Asheville, Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green. First hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingles. Low prices, love the savings, and number two team in the SEC East is the Florida Gators. By far and away. It's the only team that can compete with the Georgia Bulldogs in the East Division. They can't. No. Straight up, they can't. I mean, I understand Emory Jones is a very good runner. Yep. The problem is, that's not what Dan Mullen's offense is. I mean, you saw this in the bowl game with no pits, no Kadarius Tony. It, it just wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that the weapons aren't good. I'm just saying it's very disjointed. Emory Jones strikes me to, as a guy that could be the spell quarterback. This could be one of those two quarterback sets. I don't know that he's a good enough passer to run this offense. And that's not a slight. This is a difficult offense to run. It's very predicated on it's the reason Kyle Trask was so successful, because he was super accurate, and he just never made the catastrophic decision. Now you're asking a guy that got here by being a runner to do that same thing. I don't buy it. Yeah. He is one of the top returning rushers for the Florida He was Gators. fourth on the team last year, and I think he only took like 120 snaps or something like right. that. He had very limited playing time last year. Emory Jones is dangerous with his legs. Uh, it's not that he has a bad arm. It's just that he no. hasn't done it very much. He's only thrown 86 passes in his entire college career. And the bad thing is, you remember all those things I just said about Georgia of, oh, this is a, this is as easy in an SEC schedule as you'll ever see? Yep. Yeah, Florida didn't get that. No, they have, uh, they have three what should be and what are, in my opinion, no doubt losses on the schedule. Alabama. Alabama. At LSU. At LSU. Georgia. And Georgia. Nine and three is the best they can possibly do, in my opinion. And I think they could get caught in another one of these. They very well could. There's a lot of fluctuation on this team. They lost a lot of talent to the NFL. Their wide receivers this year are, you know, I'm sure they're going to be they're fine. Still they're still super talented. Yeah, they're Florida recruits. Florida always recruits great wide receivers. But when you lose guys like Kadarius Toney um, and Kyle Pitts, it's going to make a difference. And they had Eric Gilbert, who transferred. And first he was going to go to LSU, and then he decided not to go to LSU, and then he decided to go to Georgia, and he hasn't even shown up at Georgia yet. So nope. the question is, I you know we don't know what's going on with that. Kirby Smart, I saw an article today that Kirby Smart was asked about him, and he said, look, we don't know. We don't know what's going on with him. We don't know where he is. We know he's dealing with some personal issues, and he's got all of our love. I, I'm just, from here on out, I'm calling Eric Gilbert uh, Sasquatch. Because I have heard how great he is, but I have not really seen it. No. Very, very small doses of how great Eric Gilbert is. Which is not going to be a huge problem for Georgia, but, I I mean, they've got a pretty good kid named Dwayne Washington that's going to be just fine. Yeah. I mean, that kid's like six foot eight. He's got, you know, freakish abilities. But anyway, Florida is going to be missing a lot of talent from last year. 
And obviously, they got a new quarterback. They've got uh, you know all new pieces that need to step up and be the guy. I don't. They don't. Do they have a great running back on this team? A great running back? No. They have a stable of running backs. Uh huh. And you're going to see. I'm still stuck on the receivers. It, it's crazy how deep this team is. Mm-hmm. Even losing, you had Pitts go four, Tony go 20, Trayvon Grimes was an undrafted free agent, and you still have your, your seven deep. Mm-hmm. Between Justin Shorter, Jacob Copeland, this team's really talented. Yep. The problem is, I don't think, I don't like how all of the pieces fit together. And that's the reason that I think Florida, while yes, they will finish two in this division, I do not think they're in any way a threat to Georgia. Oh, and apparently, and one guy who is on my favorite all names team, Keon Zipperer. It's a new, it's a new last name I've never heard before. On the defensive side of the ball, last year it was not good. They had to outscore everybody. That's I mean, they, the other problem, right? They scored forty points a game last year, but their defense gave up thirty-five a game. That's the reason I think they're going to get got by the team that I have at three. And I'll tell you who that is after just a bit outside. The Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. All right, last night we had a Showtime pay-per-view boxing extraordinaire. Jake Paul beats Tyron Woodley by decision. And I'll be honest with you, it was a split decision, but that was that was BS. Uh, you know, Jake Paul, he said it in the post game or the uh, the the post fight conference or whatever that there's no way he that Tyron Woodley should have won a deci- one of the decisions, and he was right. To me, Jake Paul dominated that fight all except for oh, I think it was like the fourth round or the fifth round, something like that. Tyron Woodley. Gave him a shot to the face, and he got wobbled and went up against the ropes. The ropes saved him from falling down. Um, I'm not a scorer of boxing. I don't understand how all of that works. There was some concern uh, am- amongst the commentators that were there saying that they should have scored a knockdown for Tyron Woodley on that. I don't know. That's not my area of expertise. But I watched all of the fight. And to me, Jake Paul was the better fighter out of the two. I watched the replay, and boxing is a sport that I just so happen to be very fond of, Mm -hmm. and Jake Paul won the fight. Yep. Now, the question would be, why? Because you're fighting an MMA fighter. Mm -hmm. And when you stop doing that, I'll give you some credence. Until then, you're just Jake Paul Kardashian, as you have been the whole time. Agreed. Until he fights an actual boxer... No one's going to believe that he's worth anything in the boxing ring. He had the the you know the fight against Ben Askren, which was ridiculous. Which I'm still convinced rigged. Right, hundred percent. Right. Uh, Tyron Woodley, who had never boxed before, making his boxing debut last night. I didn't think he was bad. I thought Tyron Woodley looked really good. And if he wants to continue in this game, then maybe he's got a you know maybe he's got a spot on a circuit like this. I'm gonna say he doesn't. You don't think so? No. I mean, he, I, I don't think he wants to do this. This is a payday. It's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Jake Paul is the circus of boxing, and the bad thing is that this sells pay per views, and so it's gonna keep happening. Yes. It's just it's gross. 
It's just gross. I just want to see him get his bell rung by somebody so this will be over. Right. Every fight Jake Paul has had has been a disappointment, except for except for the Nate Robinson fight. I don't think anybody expected Nate Robinson to do anything to it. Well, he called out Dana White. I mean, come Did he on. Really? Yes. I didn't see that. Dana White, who's 51 years old. <laughs> by the way, if they ever fought, I'm taking Dana aggressively. Right. I don't know. Uh, they're they're going to continue to do it as they can continue to make money off of it, and nobody's a fan. Like nobody who likes the game of boxing is a fan of this because they all realize what this is doing. When you can have so many people out on Twitter talking about how how much did Tyron Woodley make to throw that fight? I don't know that he threw the fight. I just I just think it was inexperience on his part. He possibly could win the fight if they do fight again. And they did say that after the fight. Tyron Woodley agreed to have a, you know, have his leg tattooed with I love Jake Paul on it. Cuz Jake said if he got the tattoo, then he'll definitely give him a second fight and they'll be able to sell it again. And hopefully Tyron Woodley will be able to knock him out this time. Because Jake was, I, the greatest thing about the entire fight, I thought, was that Jake Paul keeps throwing haymakers at him. And Tyrone Woodley's just, every time he got hit with one, he just shook his head. Like, that's not going to do it. Nope. <laughs> the uh, thing that infuriates me is how many, you know, if Jake Paul wants to be considered a legitimate boxer, which he doesn't, and I have no misgivings that he does, there are literally hundreds of, of legitimate cruiserweight boxers in this country that would have killed for the opportunity to fight him on a card that would get this much notoriety. Take one of those. You want me to think you're even that you're anything beyond dude perfect or something like that at some YouTube channel? You want me to think you're beyond that? Take one of those fights. Till you do, I'm done talking about it. You want to keep fighting over the hill UFC fighters? More power to you. But if I hear one more person say he's he's a legitimate boxer, no, he's not. Stop doing that. I almost got really angry right there. Good for you. Uh, something very bizarre happened on ESPN this weekend. IMG Academy is the unquestioned number one team in America when it comes to high school football. Okay. If you don't know what IMG Academy is, it's in Bradenton, Florida. It's a hub for high-level D1 college athletes. Well, they played in a showcase game on ESPN yesterday. And they played a school from Ohio. I can't remember the name of the school. It was a charter school. Bishop Bishop Sycamore. Mm -hmm. And Bishop Sycamore told ESPN, we have several high-level D1 college recruits. It took one quarter for the announcers and everyone watching at home to go, no, uh uh-uh. No, you don't. Here's the thing. Bishop Sycamore is an online charter school in Ohio. They've now played seven games. Last year, they played six games. Okay. Combined, lo- combined score, 227 to 42. They won zero of them. <laughs> Yet they get a national television game. Because they tell, apparently a third party brokers these games. This third party brokered a game between Bishop Sycamore and IMG last year. Yeah. Which IMG won 56 to 6. Just don't just okay. This it was a it was a farce. Yeah. I mean, and it was it was very obvious. I watched a very little bit of this. It was obvious from the jump 
there is nobody on this field that belongs with IMG. And the, the announcers were disgusted, and Tom Luganbill was disgusted. I, I, frankly, I think any of us that watch football are going, this is horrid. Oh, and to add one little extra layer onto this, Bishop Sycamore played a game on Friday. They played IMG, the best school in the country, yeah. on one day's rest. Oh, my gosh. Everybody affiliated with that program, do better. Right. I've heard a lot of flack to ESPN of, oh, you didn't vet this. That's because it's brokered through a third party. This was not ESPN's fault. Right. I'm not saying that because we work for them. I'm saying that because it's truth. Mm-hmm. The, the people that should be embarrassed by this are the coaches and the administration that allowed this to happen because you could have, this could have gone badly. If it's if it's me and I have anything to do, and I understand that this is an online charter school, whatever, it's not actually affiliated with the Ohio State Board of Athletics or anything like that. I don't care. You want to you want to play out of my state? You'll play by my rules. I disband the program. Really? I don't care if I'm allowed to or not. Fight me. I dare you. But you're not in my state going to subject your kids to this ever. Right. I will never allow it to happen. Well, if they played them last year, you would think somebody would have said. Hey, last year this team got spanked by 50. Maybe we shouldn't put this on television. You would think that would have come up in you know the prep for the game. Well, there's a broker that schedules all these games that goes between the high schools. There's not somebody that works for ESPN that goes, uh, IMG, who would you like to play? They'll oh, yeah. have that guy. Yeah, yeah. There are brokerages that do that. So you trust them to do the vetting. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of flack for ESPN. That had nothing to do with ESPN. But the administration of that school, school, and I'm saying school very loosely, right? You should be embarrassed, and you should never be allowed to coach children ever again. Yeah, kids, on, young adults, whatever you want to call them. The online charter school that goes on ESPN it was a and joke. gets killed. It was a joke by IMG Academy. Unbelievable. All right, we are rolling along with the SEC preview of 2021. Talking about the East Division, we got Georgia at number one, Florida at number two. Jeremy thinks that Georgia, or that uh, excuse me, Florida could not only lose the three toughest games on their schedule, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia, but could trip up to his third-place team in the SEC, who is? Kentucky. Yeah. The thing about Kentucky is that the offensive line is still good. I know they had the Joey Gatewood thing. Mm-hmm. He didn't make the team. Now he's going to transfer whatever. I look at this team and go, you have the pieces to do what Florida can't stop which is run the ball. Cavassier mm-hmm. Smoke, you were talking about all-name team? Uh, he's the captain of all-name team. Yeah, he has been for three years now. Uh, last year, he... Did he get hurt last year? No, he's just part of a rotation. Okay, it's because Chris Stoops Rodriguez does. was the one that tore up Georgia like in the third to last game of the season or something like that. Uh, and they are going to run Chris Rodriguez and Cavassier Smoke pretty equally, I would imagine. Rodriguez have, will be the head of the snake. Cavassier Smoke will be the second one. Right. But, but they have a stable of running backs that a team like Florida that does not play defense well, I can mm-hmm. see Kentucky just mowing the ball down the field on that. Yeah. And they're good enough defensively that they're going to stop you from time to time. Mm-hmm. That's, one of those, that's one of those trap games that I see on a schedule and go, can I, can I bet that now? Yeah. Like, can, I just, can I lay it down <laughs> now? I lock in the. I don't care. I just want a piece of it. Kentucky did lose a lot last year in the NFL draft, but there again, there's not a whole lot of competition in the SEC East. They will still be able to be the third best team in this division. 
they have a new quarterback transferred from Penn State, Will Levis. And do you? I mean, what do you expect to see from him? Is this going to be come in and change the game? Kind of a transfer. He beat out Joey Gatewood, which tells me pretty much everything. Because Gatewood's the more talented of the two. That's not even debatable. Mm-hmm. He's a transfer from Auburn. He's a very talented kid. It, it, to me, it didn't appear that he even really sniffed the job. So, you, you got a kid that's transferring from a big program in Penn State. They're just one of those teams I think is going to catch people. Mm-hmm. Solely because you're not expecting them to be good. Looking at their looking at the way the schedule lays out, they play Florida, LSU at Georgia in the middle part of the schedule. They'll lose those three games. Maybe. I think they could beat Florida. Right. They'll get caught in one more I think they're eight and four too. At Mississippi State, maybe. No. I don't buy Mississippi State very much, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> okay. So this is another team that you think could be what at the end of the season? Eight, eight and four? four? I think they could be a headache. I think at worst case they're they're seven and five. I think they're clearly the third best team in this division. Mm-hmm. But I, that's mainly because I really think three of the teams in this division are bad. Yeah, I have Kentucky at number three as well. Number four, it's Missouri. Not for me. Not for you. Is it Tennessee? It is. Okay. Joe Milton named the starter today. Mm-hmm. I just think this is going to look different. Look, I did a lot of of film study on Tennessee because Josh Palmer was a guy that just jumped off tape to me. Mm -hmm. If you've been watching our morning show, The Sportsocracy, live weekday mornings, 10 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook Live, find us at The Sportsocracy. I've been talking about this team all offseason long. I have never in my life seen a receiver that was open that often and never got hit. Literally, Jared Guarantano, he looked like Adrian Martinez. Mm -hmm. Just no ability to hit a receiver at all. Joe Milton does not have to be great. He has to be better. And I think it's going to be hard for him not to be. Not because of anything I really saw at Michigan. He was never overly good. Mm-hmm. And obviously you're coming into a more competitive conference, a tougher, you know, the SEC is tougher than the Big Ten. Just is. Sorry. Do I think that means that he's going to be fantastic? No. Do I think just showing up pretty much makes him better than Jared Guarantano? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I think a fourth-place finish in the SEC East would be better than anybody could have expected from Tennessee. I mean, they've got the complete regime change there with the you know it now being Tennessee slash UCF with Josh Heupel coming in. You know, I just don't know what to make of it because I don't know. I mean, did they have the stars for it? They lost. Two of their two of who would have been their returning starters at running back. Yeah, one of them's going to be starting Oklahoma, out. and one of them's going to be starting North Carolina. Exactly, that's a bad sign. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of turnover. At the end of the day, I think the other three teams in this division are just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't disagree with you. And I think Tennessee is going to be right there with them. Uh, oh, I'm not telling you that Tennessee is going to go eight and four. Right? They're probably six and six, and that's probably good enough to be. Fourth behind Kentucky, Georgia, and Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Missouri at my four, but there's nothing to like. There's not a whole lot to like about any of these teams. No. Tennessee, Georgia, or t- Tennessee, Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and it's the, the schedule's just brutal. That's what I look at with Missouri. You're, I mean, one of your non-conference games, you have to go to Boston College. Mm-hmm. They are going to smoke you like a honey ham. <laughs> They very well could. 
Um, and I don't see them winning any more than six games. Maybe. If they didn't have Connor Bozilak, I would swear that this was a three-win team. But he's actually pretty good. He's also really young. Mm-hmm. He's a sophomore. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know. You couldn't run the ball with Larry Roundtree, mm-hmm. who is a guy that I really believe in at the next level, now playing with the L.A. Chargers. And now I'm supposed to expect you're going to get the running game on course with, oh, the same exact group of guys you couldn't run with last year. Cool. <laughs> and now I'm going to go with – and you lost two starters off the offensive line. One of them got drafted. Right. There's just a lot of – there's a lot – I look at a lot of players that are no longer in this program, and I don't see exactly what's supposed to be replacing them. Mm-hmm. This is one of those teams that I'm aggressively going under on their futures projection. What is it? Six and a half, I believe. That's that's that was the last number I saw. I can get a, a new I mean, newer got, number on that. So they've got Central Michigan, Southeast Missouri State, Tennessee, North Texas, Vanderbilt, South Carolina. Arkansas, they won't in be Little Rock. No, they, they're, they're not, not going to do Arkansas. that. They they won't do that. So that's six. Oh, Missouri was at seven. I was off. Under. It was at it was at that's right. It was at seven and a half when I got it. It's been bet down to seven, and now I'm like, ah, I'm really glad I got that where I did. Yeah, because to be it to to cover seven and a half, they have to either beat Texas A and M. I can't remember all the teams that are on their schedule. I, walk, I went away from it. Texas A&M, Boston College, Georgia, Florida, Arkansas. You have to beat one of those. And you have to beat Kentucky in Kentucky. Yes. You have to win two of those to cover that. Yeah. No shot. I agree with you. They are very, very bad. And I don't see much, I, I don't see much hope for them. And then, they got, and then you got the two bottom feeders. In the SEC. I got South Carolina at six. And then I got Vandy at seven. I got Vandy at seven because other than East Tennessee State and UConn, I don't know who you're supposed to beat. <laughs> and that, the bad thing is that Clark Day, who's their new head coach, is a guy that I completely believe in. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take some time. Well, you don't. He was the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Right. You just don't have any, you don't have any talent. No. And when you're bereft of talent and you're in the best conference in college football, you're not going to win a whole lot of games. Do you have a spicy hot take on South Carolina? Because I kind of do. A spicy hot take on yeah, South, South Carolina? Yeah, South Carolina fans are going to get really angry at what I'm getting ready to say. Oh, no. Give it to me. They play the fight in Mike Houston's on September 11th, and I don't think there's a game all year that I like better. <laughs> so you take it East Carolina for the upset. And it's, it's in Greenville. Uh-huh. What do I always say about bad, poorly quarterback teams? Mm-hmm. And the quarterback's not bad. There's just a lot of instability because he got hurt. he's been hurt, and there's just there's so many moving pieces with a new scheme, scheme with Shane Beamer. I just look at it and go, I see a path where you don't just not cover; you actually get beat. Oof. And I like it a lot. Well, that's good news, though. I mean, there's, there's, they're starting to, starting to hear some heat coming around that East Carolina program. No, they're not. You don't think so? No. Okay. Pretty much every preseason uh, review that I have seen about East Carolina, the hopes aren't high, and it sounds like 
the seat might be getting a little warm. Well, I believe in Mike Houston. I so, do too. You know, it's that's the thing, and that is, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. that's a game that and very rarely do I pick games. What thirteen days before they happen? Right. That is one that I have. The minute I saw the schedule, I went, "Oh, I like that a lot." Right. And I've seen the preliminary number that I'm like, "Oh, that's just that's gonna be just fine." Yeah. By the way, speaking of the East Carolina program, that uh, Deontay Brown, he's he's a man. Isn't that where the new left tackle for? Or right tackle for the Carolina Panthers? Didn't he go to East Carolina? No, that's Deontay Smith. Oh, Deontay he plays, Smith. Was he the plays one. for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, I was going to say. Anyway, did you see Deontay Brown I did. and his ta- and his uh, blocking on Friday night? Yeah, I did. Just you know, okay, preseason game. It yes. was a preseason game, but you got to like the fire. You got to like the you got to like the violence that comes with that guy. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back from the break, we'll talk about some of the preseason action over the weekend. Takeaways from it, but there you go. SEC East, um, Georgia's at the top of the class. Florida's going to be a game behind them, probably, and then everybody else is pretty much going to be in a muddle outside of Kentucky at the bottom of that division. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. Don't forget, we'll do the SEC West coming up after the top of the hour. All right, so we had Friday night, the Carolina Panthers. We finally got to see them do something on offense in this preseason against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sam Darnold had the, uh, you know, couple of touchdown passes, looked pretty efficient for the most part. There were some things not to like, but for the most part, I think it was a very good performance from Sam Darnold. I would agree with that. Um, Terrace Marshall, he's a dude. Uh, Robbie Anderson, yeah, they, um, we're, I think we're going to see that connection a lot this year. A lot. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, you're probably not going to see the Shy Smith connection. No, Shy Smith getting hurt, that does put a hamper on things. Injuries were not good to some players over the weekend. J.K. Dobbins, one of them going down. San Francisco 49ers running two quarterbacks, though. That's been a lot of that's been a big talking point for the last couple of days. Of are we going to see this in the in the actual game? I've been afraid of this mm-hmm. since they drafted Trey Lance. Is are you really trying to tell me this is going to turn into some hybrid? He plays that Taysom Hill role. Yep. I have been terrified of this. I didn't even want to say it out loud. It was like saying Beetlejuice's name. I was afraid if I said it, it would happen. <laughs> And it did. It has now started. Are we going to see a Trey Lance special package? I'm going to say no. I would I would say no, but there again, I kind of ruled out but then playing again, time for Trey Lance anyway. Well, so. we saw it with Taysom Hill. We saw it with, we saw it with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. It would not be... It wouldn't be something we've never seen before. I will be honest with you. I feel like this is doing something. The, the Trey Lance thing, yeah. it's doing something to Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. He just doesn't look himself. And I don't know if it's the injury. I don't know what it is. There's something about him that doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. And in the last minute of this hour, I have to say this, and I know we've talked about this at nauseum. Okay. I am officially at the point of if you don't understand Mac Jones is the better quarterback for the New England Patriots, <laughs> it's because you don't want him to be. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Cam Newton did not look efficient when he was out there. What did he play? Two series? He was awful. For New England, and then Mac Jones came in. And 
Look look how the offense just hums down the field when he's out there. And I don't care who it's up against. He looks in control. He's measured. He should be the starter. I think There's he's no be. doubt. I think he's going to be the starter. I think if if Bill had come out of that looking at Cam Newton going, yeah, I can roll with him, he would have said it. Cam Newton's still our starter. But instead, we didn't get that. He's still undecided. We're going to make a call closer to time. Well, guess what? It's time. You are now a week away from kickoff. No, I don't think he's going to get any better. I don't either. Mac Jones should be the starter in New England, um, and that'll make uh, two years in a row that I was that I was right about the New England starting quarterback position. And like we say, you know, a broken clock is right two times a day. <laughs> Coming up next hour, we'll talk about the SEC West. We know Alabama's at the top. How's the rest of it going to shake out? Stick with it. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. We are kicking off the week. The college football kicks off in earnest. Jeremy already had his 5-0 and picks from last Friday. And I'm going to mention that as many times as possible. you got to keep feeding the ego. He just sits back and goes, I'm hungry. Feed me compliments. 5-0 <laughs> oh in his green on green picks, and we'll have a full, almost a full week of picks coming up for you here in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green as we've got college football in a six-day stretch. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and on Monday, your Florida State Seminoles will be playing Notre Dame. Are you looking forward to it? I uh, cannot answer that because I, <laughs> I, I not really not really i don't think you should be looking forward to it other than to see uh just just how respectable can you make the game i that's think is, the objective yeah that is that has got to be your mindset going into a game like that it's not like you're georgia or clemson looking at this game as this could be the pivotal game of our season right out of the gate North Carolina obviously got high hopes taking on Virginia Tech in Blacksburg on Friday night. It's almost here. It is almost here. We are continuing with our conference previews in college football. And um, the SEC West is loaded once again. I expect a full bounce back year for the LSU Tigers. Texas A&M will still be in the hunt in the SEC West. Maybe. If everything goes swimmingly for Jimbo Fisher, they might lose a game, but still be behind the monster at the top, Alabama, who probably will not lose a single game all year long. They do this over and over and over again. There needs to be, uh, I'm starting to think we need some kind of, uh, you know, monopoly buster in college football. To just blow this thing up and say, okay, it's no longer fair for anybody else in the SEC when it comes to Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide because 
they just continually get the best talent, and they got the best coach in college football history that knows exactly what to do with all of them. You take out Steve Sarkeesian off this staff, you bring in Bill O'Brien, who's got, you know, NFL pedigree, although he was not obviously a, a good GM at the uh, NFL level. But he doesn't have to be. He's a heck of an offensive coordinator. I don't think there's a losable game on this schedule. I don't see one. I mean, are they going to lose that Texas A&M? No. Uh, I don't think they will. I don't think they have the same kind of player. They, I mean, and then you look at all the other best teams. I mean, yeah, they have to go to Florida, but that's three weeks into the season. Mm-hmm. I get Bryce Young and eight first and second round picks. You get Emory Jones and a bunch of guys who are trying to make up for first round picks. <laughs> right. Okay, then. Yeah, Florida's not going to be close. Texas A&M might be a close game seeing as how it is at Texas A&M. I don't think that even kind of matters. Home field doesn't matter? Not when it comes to Alabama. Okay, all right. I was going to say, Texas A&M, again, one of the toughest places to play in college football. Of course it matters. I just don't think it matters in this circumstance. And then they got LSU, but they get that one in Tuscaloosa. Let me put it this way. They play Miami this weekend. They're an 18-and-a-half-point favorite, and I'm not going to lie, I'm probably taking Alabama. I think I would be on Alabama on that as well. And I may just Miami's not touch top, that game. Miami's the top 15 team in the country. Mm-hmm. I may just not touch that game, but I probably will because I can't resist the biggest games. <laughs> right. Uh, Alabama, obviously, new quarterback. Mac Jones should be the starter for the New England Patriots this year. And in steps Bryce Young who was another number one quarterback recruit in his class. Um, what's he, what, can he step in and pick up where Mac Jones left off? This is not going to look the same as you're used to it looking. This is not going to be Tua Tungavailoa, Mac Jones, Alabama. Mm-hmm. This will be much closer to Jalen Hurts, Alabama. Because he's not a great thrower of the ball. Mm-hmm. At this point, though, the talent is so good, he doesn't have to be. Now you lose Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. Oh, look who's just sitting there to waiting to be the new number one. John, John Mechie. Who's probably going to be another first-round draft pick. There's no doubt about it in my mind. To me, John Mechie seems to be the guy who is going to step up and fill that role that has been, you know vacated over and over and over again for the last decade at Alabama. And I look at their ability to run. Brian Robinson's a guy that sat idly by just waiting for his opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, Najee Harris is going to the NFL. Your turn. And I've said for years, that's a guy that you don't hear a lot about him because he doesn't catch a lot of carries behind Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. He's going to be just fine. Yep. He will play on Sundays, I promise you, and he is a very large man. Mm-hmm. 230-pound running back that runs much smaller. And they've got, again, the number three recruit in this past class, in the class of 2020, Jace McClellan. He's going to see some run as well. Roydale Williams is not bad. In very limited time, he showed some flash at the running back position last year for for Alabama, so... The offense is going to be there again. Oh, absolutely. Will they and the score defense 45 points there. a game like they did last year? Probably I not. I don't think so, but I don't think they're going to have to. No. The don't. defense is going to be good enough again. 
Uh, tell us about who's next in the pecking order for the defense when it comes to NFL prospects. Uh, I mean, they have a slew. It's not. It's Alabama. You're going to have six or seven off every year that that team plays competitive football. You're going to have a just a slew of more guys. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I haven't gotten to defensive grading for this upcoming draft class. I have gotten to the offense. They have seven guys that will go in the first three rounds. Wow. That's after they had just had eight a year ago. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's fantastic. It's just the, the depth of this team is mind-boggling when you see it. Yeah, it's almost, like I said, not fair that they continue to have first-round pick after first-round pick. But when you're the best in the country, everybody wants to play for the best team. And then comes the number two spot in the SEC West. I'm curious if you have the same team there that I do. I have LSU at my two. Uh, You do not have the same team there that I do. Is it Texas A&M? It is. Yours is Texas A&M. Okay. Uh, I got LSU as my two. Your Texas A&M, or Texas A&M is your two. Why do you feel Texas a and is better than LSU this year? You would have to come back to the mean drastically on LSU. And I've said, look, I like this team. Mm-hmm. I just look at LSU and go, you know what? You're going to be able to run the ball on anybody. And I understand that Kellen Mond is gone and you're breaking in a new quarterback. Well, the new quarterback's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like this is some zero-star recruit in, in Haynes King. This is a high-level player. Mm-hmm. So having a run game like that is going to take some of the pressure off of him. And then it all comes back to what I say every single time. Look at the schedule. Mm-hmm. Outside of at LSU and Alabama and that trap game that I've kept telling you about against Colorado, it's going to be in Denver, it's going to be cold, it's going to be early, it's a lot of things, again, not saying Texas a and going to lose, just saying it'll probably be closer than you think it is. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of losses. I mean, you get warm-ups against Kent State, New Mexico, Arkansas, who, yes, I think will be improved, but are not in your it's not in Texas A&M's class. No. And Mississippi State before you have to play Alabama. Mm-hmm. Then you go out after Alabama, you go uh, Missouri, South Carolina, open date, Auburn, which is another open date. We'll get to them in a little bit. <laughs> okay. And then Ole Miss, Prairie View. I think it's the first time I've ever seen them play Prairie View. And then LSU. And Ole Miss can't stop them. I mean, yeah, Ole Miss is going to have Jerry and Ely. They're a team that they're fine. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to be lower on them than most. Mm -hmm. I just don't buy it. I don't buy that they can stop people. So, yeah, I mean, to me, it's pretty easy. Texas A&M is going to be the second best team in this division. Okay. LSU is my two. I maybe it's a homer pick because I know who their quarterback's going to be. <laughs> Old Max Johnson, Brad Johnson's son, uh, of course. Brad Johnson hailing from Black Mountain, North Carolina. Um, I don't know. It's just I don't expect them to be as off kilter as they were last year. They're still going to be a force to, to be reckoned with on the defensive side of the ball. We've talked about Derek Stingley over and over and over again as you know the best cornerback in college football. I've seen some, I've seen some uh, prognostications that say he might be the best ever, and I don't know about that. But he's going to be 
top three, top four pick in the NFL draft next year? Derek, Derek Stingley. Stingley. Uh, yeah, there's virtually no way that he falls out of the out of the top three. He's just that good. Mm-hmm. The defense is going to be reasonably good, and by re- it's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Here's the one thing I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give you a caveat here. They don't run the ball well, and there's not a lot that I'm seeing that's going to change that for me. I think that's still going to be a problem. And when you pair that with Max, who is has not been, he hasn't been in this role a ton. He didn't come into this offseason with the no doubt he wins the job. Miles Brennan got hurt. Mm-hmm. Now, did he deserve to be the quarterback? Absolutely. Am I rooting for the kid with everything I've got? Yes. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you without telling you. They play at UCLA this weekend. People are looking past that, and you should stop that. You should 100%. Stop that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why on Friday. <laughs> but looking at LSU's schedule, um, obviously playing in the West, nobody gets an easy schedule. It's not like you know you can, you can luck out because you're still going to have to play Alabama. You're still going to have to play Auburn, who I get it. They're not, they're not in the class, but it's always a tough game. No, it won't be. It won't be. Oh, we'll get to Auburn. Have no fear. <laughs> you got Florida on the schedule, Texas A and M. There are just there are some losable games on here. However, I do feel like LSU is probably a ten and two team. And I think Texas A and M has the ability they they have the ability to lose more games. I have Texas A and M at ten and two. I have LSU at nine and three. So you have them losing to Alabama at Alabama, obviously. Yep. Texas A&M at the end of the season. Yep. And the third one is Florida? Mm-mm. Who you got them losing to? I have them losing this week. To UCLA at UCLA. Why? East Coast game going west. You just had all the uncertainty of a hurricane. Mm-hmm. You're going into this without your ability to game prep week of. I'm just telling you, this is all setting up to be not pretty. Yeah. Now, am I being a little, you know, sitting on 5-0? and oh, Am I maybe <laughs> throwing something out there that I wouldn't have otherwise? Maybe. Maybe. But I just feel like people are looking at this as it's a no-doubt cake. Well, oh, it's the SEC and the Pac-12. I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of experience on that UCLA team. That's set, they have seven new starters that they got out of the transfer portal that have starting experience elsewhere. I get a quarterback that's you know maybe not has gotten all the time in the world to prepare. And I mean, I hope LSU wins by seventy, mm-hmm. but I don't see it. You don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be Alabama at the top, undefeated. And then it's going to be a very tight race between LSU and Texas A&M as to who's going to be second and third in this division. Well, the beauty for for LSU is, all right, let's just say that I'm right and you lose in Pasadena this week. Mm-hmm. Then you go McNeese State, Central Michigan, at Mississippi State, Auburn. That is four games that I swear to you, you could play nine players, you're still not losing. Before you play at Kentucky, which is a losable game, Florida and at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Before you catch that bye week, the week before you have to play Alabama. Like you said, you're never going to have a good schedule in the SEC West. Right. Theirs is just, it could have been markedly worse. Could have been. 
Could those crossover games in the SEC had gone a little bit differently and you wound up with a Georgia or, uh, well, yeah, Georgia, that's really the only one because uh, they ended up with Florida in their crossover mm-hmm. games. So uh, I guess that was the big luck that they didn't get Georgia in this. Just think about how tough these uh, game, you know, these games are going to be when Texas and Oklahoma are thrown in on these schedules as well. It's not going to get easier. No. By any stretch of the imagination. Although, thankfully for the SEC teams, they don't have to worry about that, at least for another three years. Four. 2025. I think it's going to happen sooner than that. But that's just conjecture at this point. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. This is Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Continuing with the predictions for the SEC West. Coming up next. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community. One that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. You're in the Sports Tank. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. Are we talking about the SEC West as we kick off the 2021 football season? Week zero went pretty well for Jeremy's picks. Again, Jeremy's picks coming up Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week right here on ESPN Asheville. Dude went 5-0 on games that no one else other than a degenerate gambler would care to study. <laughs> Southern Utah. That one was fun. Southern Utah, San Jose, was that the game? San Jose State, yeah. Yeah. Those are always fun for me. Those late night games. That one went to like 1 o'clock in the morning. Right. And it stayed closer to the number than I wanted it to. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Uh, we talked about the SEC East in the first hour, everybody expects Georgia to be the team to take home the SEC East crown. The SEC West, Alabama, Jeremy's got Texas A&M at two. I've got them at three. I got LSU at two. He's got LSU at three. And now it's time to talk about the bottom half of the SEC West. At number four, with a bullet, Jeremy, who's your team? Ole Miss. Ole Miss is your number four. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. We're gonna we're gonna disagree about that one. Ole Miss, no doubt, under Lane Kiffin. I know what you're going to say, and I'm going to yell. And I, I, I think yell. it's going to be aggressively. <laughs> Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin, no doubt, they could put up points. The problem is stopping anybody. Mm-hmm. So what makes it different this year? Well, they start with Louisville in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They're going to outscore Louisville. You got Austin P. Two lanes, so you're three and up. At Alabama, you're going to get slaughtered. Then you play Arkansas, Tennessee, and LSU. I believe you can outscore all three of those teams. Mm-hmm. Two of them I know definitively. Yeah, right. LSU, it gets into a shootout. I get Matt Coral and Jerry and Ely. Mm, yeah, I like that. Auburn is a disaster. I don't care that it's in Auburn. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. If you told me that Ole Miss loses three games, I would almost bet you the third one is Liberty. Okay. November the 6th, they got Liberty at home. The problem is that they're going to catch three losses in the conference. 
Because mm-hmm. I think they will lose to A&M. They'll lose to Alabama. And they're going to slip up and lose another one. I just don't know who it is. I feel like it's going to be a, one of the ridiculous ones that you shouldn't lose, like Mississippi State. There's no reason they should lose to Mississippi State, and yet I could still see it happening. Right. It's the reason I'm at four instead of three, and trust me, I thought about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the defense is good enough to stop anybody. Um, again, I think they're going to be able to put up a lot of points. Matt Coral is a, a dark horse to win the Heisman Trophy. It's a it's a very, very dark horse, very dark horse. I like Matt Coral mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he proved last year that he can he can get the job done. The only thing the thing that makes me really nervous about Ole Miss is how much you've lost. Losing Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa is mm-hmm. going to hurt. That's mm-hmm. two Jets. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. Kenny Yaboa, who had the uh, <clears throat> tying Hail Mary touchdown catch. Now I see where it comes. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, Jerry and Ely is, I can't say he's the best running back in this conference, but he's one of them. He's one of the best playmakers in this conference. Okay. And having that threat out of the backfield, I know he probably, at his size, can't hold up to a full workload. He's going to be that little spark plug player that's really annoying for you to try to defend. Mm-hmm. And you got Lane Kiffin. At the end of the day, you compare these other three teams, not the top three that are ahead of them, the three below them. I get Lane Kiffin. You get Brian Harson, the pirate from Mississippi State, and Sam Pittman, who I like a lot, but he's not in Lane Kiffin's class. The pirate. He teaches a class. Oh, Mike, at, oh he, Mike Leach. He taught a class about pirating or something like that. Yeah. Which is just insane. Like, dude loves his history. That's I mean, what fine. can you say? He loves pirates. He's a swashbuckler. He loves pirates. I don't think birds are real. You know, we've, we've all got our thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Auburn finishes ahead of Ole Miss. I think you are so drunk that I should probably drive you home. <laughs> Why? In my lifetime. Yeah. I have never seen a hire at a major institution start this badly as it has with Brian Harson. Mm-hmm. Our buddy Ryan McGee did an article for ESPN.com today, and he said the last time I saw somebody do this poorly in their first semester at Auburn, it was somebody I went to high school with, and they flunked out. Nice. It's a disaster. So walk us through what has happened. So Brian Harson has said, first of all, I didn't like the hire. Just If you remember... Back in the winter when, when this was happening, I told you that Auburn thought they were better than they are. Yeah. They got rid of Gus Malzahn, and they thought they were just going to fall into somebody. And then they didn't. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted the job. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason they didn't want the job, because look how difficult this division is. They don't have the playmakers. They don't have... I, I'm scared of the offensive line. I don't know how good you are defensively. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't buy this coach in the least with everything that's happened. And a lot of it's been coronavirus related because he was very adamant that he just didn't care. And that's really rubbed some people the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And then he had, then he caught it and he he was away from the team for an extended period of time. Just none of it's gone particularly well. Right. And I look at all of it and just go, this is not Boise state. I've watched this happen before. 
It'll be what we open tomorrow when we talk about the Big 12. You remember Dan Hawkins? Yeah. It's the Big 12! This ain't intramurals! I've seen this before. I've watched the story. <laughs> okay. I've watched the guy come from Boise State and just be a total flop. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to say Chris Peterson. That's the example that proves the rule. Because he's not the only one. And now you're stepping up in competition and you have this gimmicky offense. What was the biggest knock on Gus Malzahn? That you weren't that high of a level of coach. You had a gimmicky offense that people couldn't figure out. They've been doing that at Auburn for years. There's nothing new about this. Right. Now you're just the same team that's been mediocre forever. And I'll be honest with you. I think Gus Malzahn's a markedly better coach. I think Auburn's going to find out the hard way that sometimes you just have to know what you are. And Auburn is a school that can, every once in a while, can you catch a Cam Newton that, that transfers from Florida? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You are, without a doubt, the second best team in your own state. And it's not even close. No. You're closer to Alabama State than you are to Alabama. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to level, I'm not making that up. I'm as serious as I can be. You, do, you are not in the same class as them, athletically, talent-wise, mm-hmm. recruiting, any of that. Mm-hmm. And now you're, you're coming in with Bo Nix, who I, I'm going to level. I've never seen home road splits as bad as Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. Bo's really good at home, and he's really terrible on the road. And just look at the schedule. Just go down Auburn's schedule. All right, so you started out, you go Akron, Alabama State. Then you go at Penn State. Penn State's already scored twice. Mm-hmm. Game doesn't start for three weeks. They've already scored three times. Right. At LSU, yep. no shot. Dusted. Then you get Georgia at home, no shot. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Arkansas. I don't like your chances there. After the open date, Ole Miss, they're just going to outscore you. Mm-hmm. At A&M, no shot. I'll be honest with you, I think they lose at South Carolina. And then you end the season with Alabama. Do the math on that. It's 5-7 and seven at best. Mm-hmm. At best. And I think I'm being too kind. At Auburn, it's my seven. They're my worst team in this division. Good night. And that's with all the smack I've talked about Mississippi State. I think they're the worst team in this division. I I see a path. You tell me I'm crazy, more more power to you. You do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you, I've gone down this rabbit hole with Auburn trying to figure out because Auburn said their their futures on wins is seven and a half. I would bet my ability to have fun for the rest of my life on the under of that. Because you're going to have to win a game on the road, and I don't think you can do it. Right. That's going to be hard to do in mm-hmm. a new system, and and your road games are at Penn State, at LSU, at Arkansas, at Texas A&M, at South Carolina. That's five losses. Yeah. That's all I need to cover. And that doesn't include you having to play Alabama and Ole Miss and Georgia on the road. Mm-hmm. I could see this team being three and nine, and their three wins being Akron, Alabama State, and Georgia State. I think they're markedly better than that. I'm not saying they're going to be a contender in this division by any stretch of the of the imagination, but I would say their ceiling is actually yeah. What, what is their ceiling? Yeah. yeah, go through that schedule again. I was going to say it's seven. <laughs> Find me seven wins there. I dare you. Akron, Alabama State. That's two. Georgia State. Three. Uh, at Arkansas. Uh, no way. Yeah. Worst quarterback in college football on the road. But, but okay, I'll even give you that one. I'll give you that one because I know what you're coming up against. Right. Yeah. What are they going? They going to outscore Ole Miss? No, they're not going to no. outscore Ole Miss. Then they get Mississippi State at South Carolina. You're at six. That's six. That's six. 
Okay. And, and okay, I, okay, trust me, I gave you two there that I really didn't want to. <laughs> okay, fine. Maybe their ceiling is six games. And your futures, your futures prop is seven. Yes. That is what people like me go, easy cash money. Oh, if it's seven and a half, I'm definitely on the under because mm-hmm. I think the most they could do is seven. To cover that, they have to beat either Penn State, LSU, mm-hmm. A&M, Alabama, or Ole Miss. And I didn't even say Georgia. <laughs> it's Ole, Mi- Ole it's Miss, just, I think, is their best shot, but I don't know that they can score with them. They might give up 70 to Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And I mean that. They yeah. may give up 70 to points. To I mean, there, there is no doubt that Auburn was, they were a very disappointing team last year because of Bo Nix. Now, can Bo Nix come into his own and, you know, mature year over year? Sure, it happens with players all the time in college football. However, he's not going to have the weapons that he had last year. No, he's got Elijah Canyon. That's mm-hmm. it. You lost two receivers that were drafted in the NFL. Yep. And you couldn't get him the ball. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, there's one more little problem that we have yet to mention. T.J. Finley's on this roster now, too. So as soon as Bo Nix does that thing that Bo Nix does and cannot play on the road, it's going to get real loud. Yeah. Because guess what? Auburn, if you had to rank the most delusional fan bases in all of college sports, Auburn's in the top five, and I've been saying that for years. Agreed. You're not wrong on that. But they had Anthony Schwartz last year and Seth Williams, two of the most dynamic receivers in the SEC, and that's saying something considering all the other wide receivers that we in the SEC last year. And you forgot Eli Stove, who was a tremendous third receiver. Yes. All of those guys are gone. And, you know, I am partial to, of course, any team that has a running back named Tank. I do think Tank Bigsby is a really good running back. For this league, and I he's agree just going to be asked to do a lot, and teams are going to stack the box against him. You can put seven in the box against him on every play and dare Bo Nix to beat you. Mm-hmm. And all the Milo's sweet tea in the world ain't going to be able to save him. No. I mean, to me, this is one of the, and I knew, we, we didn't never talk about these before we do it. No. Just so we can organic, we have real conversation exactly. about this. I knew you were going to do that. Mm-hmm. When you told me the SEC was today, I went, oh, good. This is the day that I get to make any Auburn fan within the sound of my voice very angry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had, I got Auburn and Ole Miss. I think they're very close at four and five in this division. I think there are light years between mm-hmm. Ole Miss and Auburn. Mm-hmm. All right, we got two more to go. We'll do it just after we get weird. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, the New York Mets are on a heck of a uh, heck of a downfall here after being the number one team in the NL East. And here's the thing. When you play baseball and your team's not doing well and you're not performing all that well... You can't really be upset when the fans get upset. And yesterday, Javier Baez strikes out at the plate. He's had a horrible stretch since the trade deadline. Hitting 207, three home runs, just five RBIs, and that's in 16 games. You're one of the major reasons why your team is not being able to keep pace in the NL East. And after he got booed striking out at the plate, he starts going back to the dugout and gives the old thumbs down side sign, excuse me, to his own fans. 
And then after the game, he says, we're not machines. We have feelings. And you should, you should always be riding with your team. You should always support your team. I'm sorry, sir, but when you suck, you suck, and I'm going to boo you. I find it completely weird that there is a, you know, a high-level baseball player like Javier Baez who does not understand that. I find it funny to me that you don't find booing as absolutely moronic as I do. <laughs> you don't boo your players? There's nothing that makes less sense to me on earth than taking your hard-earned money, going to see your team that you love so much, and then going, boo! That's the dumbest thing I th- that I think people do. And I do not for the life of me get it. Oh, so we should just shout obscenities like Sh- you do. Well, I shout obscenities in the good times and the bad times. It, it's, it's not a good or bad thing. Right. I just, if, you don't, if you don't like what's happening on the field, don't go. I agree. Just don't go. I agree. They're, they're winning when, you get, when they get your money. If you want to say you're disapproving of what's happening with the team, don't go. And look, you're talking to a Jets fan. We have a series of fans that just love to show up with bags on their heads. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten... Why? Why do you do that? Because they're miserable New Yorkers, and that's what they do. They live in negative land, and they'll never get out of it. Look, I'm a miserable... I'm I am literally a New Yorker with a far different accent. That is... I have a very New York state of mind. Right. However, I do not understand... What the purpose of that is? Like, do you think they hear it and go, oh, we should play better? Why did we not think of that? (laughs) They're they're making this noise. They sound like cows, but they're not going moo. They're going boo. It's just, it's so stupid. (laughs) I just, I can't for, ugh. There's, there are litany things in this life that I don't understand. Right. I don't understand why people drive slow in the fast lane. Mm -hmm. I'll never get that. Yep. I don't understand why people don't put their blinker on before, I don't know, nine feet before you're about to turn. Mm-hmm. Never understand that. Mm-hmm. I don't get this either. You don't get booing? No. At professional what athletes. The, what is the point? What do you think that's going to accomplish? <laughs> we got to let them know. They don't, we they gotta don't let know. Them know they, 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 they can't see the scoreboard. They exactly. don't know that they've been brutal. Right. That you were in first place before the All-Star break, and now you're not even going to make the playoffs. <laughs> They don't know that. We must tell them, and we must tell them in this boo code. It's part of it, 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 it's part of the right as a sports fan to be able to tell your team when you disagree with what's happening on the field. Oh, I don't. Say, I'm not saying you don't have the right to do it. Yep. I'm saying that I think it's, it's hilarious that the players come off the plate and thumbs down you. <laughs> this is like Tinder in real life. Yeah, like I swiped left on the fans out. Love it. That would have been even better if it had just swiped his finger left and just got <laughs> Nope. I don't know that anybody would have got that. Uh, I would have well, 100% sure would. gotten it, and I would have laughed until it hurt. I'm sure you would. Uh, by no means am I saying that fans are you know within their rights to yell horrible things. That's never no, okay. Those people are... But I, see, that's the thing. Like those are your choices. If you're at a if you're at a game and you want to voice your displeasure, booing is the way to do that. I've always thought that I refuse to go to Walmart because I've always thought that I'm going to see the people that see all horrible things. That's where they hang out. Yeah, my wife tells me horror stories, and I'm like, no, I'll order it. I have an app. <laughs> I hit a button. It comes to my house. I love their products. I just don't want to go in their store. Right. 
Yeah, the people that yell horrible, and I mean, I've heard some mm-hmm. horrid things. Uh huh. I don't just don't do that. No, don't, don't be a horrible person. Right. There's a there's a there's a there's there's a very distinct line between showing your displeasure to the players and being a jack wagon. Don't cross that line. But by all means, when we boo, I don't think the players get a chance to go. Oh, boo you, boo you. Yeah, I, I, no. I, I loved it. I, I think it's great. <laughs> I wish he had to come out in the press conference and just going boo, boo. You see how dumb that is? That's you see how you see how dumb it is coming from me. That's how I hear it when you do it. I just love the fact that after the game was over, he was like, ah, you know, the the booing. It really doesn't bother me all that much. Oh, really? Then what was all that thumbs-down stuff that we just saw on the field? Clearly, you're bothered by it. I disagree. He got you to bring it up, didn't he? I guess he proved his point. Then Did, did his check not clear? Oh, okay, then. I think he's doing just fine. <laughs> Someone that's not doing just fine, uh, they're only identified in this story as Doug and Deidre. Okay. They just got married. On the, uh, on the 16th, they got married in Jamaica. Beautiful wedding. Sent out a, a head count to see all of the people that, that would be joining them in Jamaica for the festivities. And they got an initial head count. Mm-hmm. Well, then they sent out RSVPs, which that is the first stupid thing in the story. If you're going to do a head count, don't send out an RSVP. Just, are you coming? Yes or no? This is a, this is a rather expensive trip. Right. So, I mean, I think you kind of know. Don't ask somebody drunk at a bar like, hey, you want to go to Jamaica? That'd be great. I have $9 in my checking account. I'll be there. (laughs) Right. That's how this whole story strikes me. Okay. So apparently they had a very big problem with people that were in their initial headcount not showing up to the wedding. Mm -hmm. So they responded in a way that I've never seen before. And frankly, I would really like to hear opinions on. They sent invoices on PayPal to all of the people that were in the initial headcount and did not show up for 120 bucks a head. Oh, wait. And in the invoice, they left a note that said, Notes. This invoice is being sent to you because you confirmed seats at the wedding reception during the final headcount. The amount above is the cost of your individual seats because you didn't call or give us proper notice that you wouldn't be in attendance. This amount is what you owe us for paying for your seats in advance. You can pay via Zelle or PayPal. That's my favorite part of this. Please reach out to us and let us know which method of payment works for you. Thank you. I have an idea of an acceptable payment. That's an acceptable payment. And that would would boo you. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. As somebody that has literally had to postpone my wedding three times. Right. Look, okay, you're asking people to do a significant amount for your wedding. Mm -hmm. They said we'll be there. All you had to do, and and now I'm not, my wedding's not in Jamaica, so I don't know what this resort, I don't know what their policies were, I don't know. I've also done a lot of weddings in my life, so I got a pretty good idea. You would have had to have not known this like a week ahead of time, mm-hmm. because they order the food. The food's not—it's not like they freeze fry, freeze dried the food three weeks ahead of time, right? Hey, ask your friends. You buy a plane ticket yet? No. Okay, they're out. They're out. Bills yeah. out. Exactly. Weird. If you send me an invoice for not showing up at your wedding, it, it, the cost was one friend and mm-hmm. a lot 
a lot of me making fun of you. Oh, we're definitely going to fight about this. This this will be never this will be never again will I ever speak to you if you send me an invoice for missing your wedding. If you send me an invoice for missing your wedding, I <laughs> no no good can come from what I'm here to say. No pound sand. Yeah. That that is the proper response, uh, or, or I guess the proper response that we can say on FCC controlled airwaves. I'll put it in this pound way: pound sand. I am going to reapportion the 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 excrement from a neighborhood animal to you and that'll be your payment <laughs> good for you <laughs> i had to think about how to say that yeah in a safe way uh-uh don't just don't be those people don't be those you, people it, the thing that blows my mind is you had to spend 20 plus thousand dollars mm-hmm. and you think your biggest expense is like eight people didn't show up you, i gotta i gotta recruit recoup this cost somehow yeah, here's how you recoup it. Don't get married in Jamaica. These, and, and you know what? I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I've always thought that that people that do that are ridiculous to begin with. What we're going to get married in Jamaica? Would y'all like to come and then get mad if they have four I've, people commit? I've been offered, or I've been asked if I wanted to go to a lot of these. As a matter of fact, two of my best friends are getting married this week. Mm-hmm. First week of football season, all the things we got going on. I just wasn't able to go. I feel very bad that I wasn't able to go. They both told me multiple times, "Don't worry, this yeah. was this is it's a big ask." Mm-hmm. I feel like most people that do this, they understand that. Right? I'm not getting married in another country. I'm just getting married in another state. And even I look at it and go, "I know it's a big ask. If you can't come, I, I mean, we're going to miss you being there." Right? But I get it. There's no anger, and I'm that's not, the I'm and, not upset, and that's the way to be. Yeah. I'm not going to send you an invoice. Yeah. Like. You didn't show up to my wedding. You were a horrible person. Boo! <laughs> Boo! Like, I don't know. I guess I've always just been the kind of guy that, like, if you want me to come to your wedding, you should probably have it in a place where I could, you know, make it to your wedding. Don't get married in Jamaica where I have to spend $5,000 on plane tickets and hotels and all of that to try to go. Love you, mean it. Best of luck to you. I'll see you when you get back, and I'll have that toaster waiting on you. Yeah. I don't need a toaster. <laughs> However, if we're going to do shows when I get married, going to need somebody that knows how the buttons work, because I don't. We'll do it. We'll figure it out. I- I'm all the way in for shows from the beach. I think we could 100% make that happen. It's also the week after the draft. Is it really? Yeah, just throwing all these things out there. You okay. Know. All right. That's, that's good to know. Are it's going to be aggressive coming back from Vegas for the draft in Vegas. Oh, boy. There's going to be a lot of money spent in the two-week span. That's, that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We'll figure out a way to it's make fine. this work. <laughs> yeah. Don't send out invoices for people who can't make it to your wedding. Nope. Last two teams in the SEC West. Got to take a quick break. Then we will get to the bottom feeders in the SEC West. And I don't even kind of understand how you have Auburn as the worst team. Uh, But anyway, we'll we'll tell you who they are up next. You're in the sports tank. What are you people? On dope? Talking about the SEC West in 2021. Obviously, it's George, or excuse me, Alabama's division, and at the bottom 
of the division. I think the worst team is Arkansas. I don't. I have Arkansas five. My number six is Mississippi State. Arkansas, how? How is Arkansas up there for you at five? I mean, it's not like they're up there because, I mean, they they might win five games this year. Mm -hmm. I look at their schedule and I see three no-doubt games that they can win. That's it. I see four because they play Auburn at home. (laughs) I I just don't see it. What? What do you like so much about Arkansas? I saw fight in this team last year with Sam Pittman. I mean, I was not very high on this hire when they made it. Yeah. But this team competed for him. Do they have a lack of talent? Sure. Yes. The offensive line is going to be pretty good. The question is going to be how good of a quarterback can K.J. Jefferson be? Can he be better than Felipe Franks was last year? Because they don't have another choice. It's mm-hmm. that's all. That's all he got. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think he can be. They have one of the best receivers in the division, or they have one of the best receivers in the conference, Trevlon Burks. And I think defensively they're going to be better. I look at it. I like coaches that really win games in the trenches. Sam Pittman is an offensive line coach by trade. That's how he got here. Mm-hmm. And I just look at this and go, you're going to be able to win the point of attack. In spite of the fact that I don't think you're as talented as some of these other teams, well, that tells me you're going to beat Mississippi State. That tells me you're going to beat Auburn. You're going to be a headache on Ole Miss. Can you contend with the Georgia-Alabamas? No. No. But nobody down here can. Right. The difference to me is that I see fight in this team that I do not see in Auburn. Mm Mm-hmm. And Mississippi State, I, I, it hurts me that they're not last in this division. <laughs> oh, Mike Leach, is, it's not going well. And last year, you thought there was a chance. Remember the the opening game against LSU, where they just they did the air raid thing, and man, they were just on fire. KJ, and KJ Costello, Costello looked like a real life SEC quarterback, right? And that came was fun and, while it lasted. Came out and threw five touchdown passes in that first game, and they threw for like four hundred and something yards. It was incredible. And then immediately it turned. Like I don't think I've ever seen. A, you know, a, a statement win by a team, and then immediately the next week it just fell off the rails. And that's exactly what happened to Mississippi State last year. I think we learned in a year that Mike Leach's offense does not work in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Because one of the biggest narratives with Mike Leach is getting the ball out quickly and not turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. This year you have two quarterback choices. Jack Abram came from Southern Miss. And... Will Rogers. I couldn't think of his name. I mean, he's been fine, but he turns the ball over a lot. Mm-hmm. You're not good defensively. Your offense wasn't particularly good last year. You gave up a bajillion sacks in an offense that you're not supposed to. Right. And then you look at the schedule, which is borderline comical. Mississippi State? Mm-hmm. What, how do you have them finishing? I'm just I'm curious. If you had to pick their their, their record. I think they're going to be four and seven. Be four and eight. Or four and eight. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I have them beating Louisiana Tech. Yep. Then losing to NC State, losing mm-hmm. at Memphis, losing at LSU, A&M, Alabama. You catch Vanderbilt, you'll beat Tennessee State, and you beat Auburn. Okay. Maybe. 
they might be three and nine. I think that's really the 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 the, the toilet bowl game of the SEC is November thirteenth at Auburn. at Auburn. Loser of that game finishes last in this division. Yeah, I believe in Auburn. I think Auburn can win that game. I think I had Mississippi State beating Memphis, <laughs> but I okay. I, I'm going to disagree with does, you aggressively. Does Memphis have a good team again? Uh, they're better than Mississippi State, and it's really not all that close. Okay, I'll be I'll be honest with you. If I was setting the line on that, I would probably have Memphis as a nine and a half point favorite. Really, my line. I'm not telling you that's what the line's going to be. The books will alter it a little bit just mm-hmm. to keep even action on each side. Mm-hmm. Playing at home in the Liberty Bowl. A lot of people will see Mississippi State as a as a as an SEC team that's a dog. To an AAC team, and they'll jump all over it. Right. I, I won't. I, I I don't care what the number is. I'll be all over Mississippi State or all over uh, Memphis. Memphis against Mississippi State. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I. I mean. I. I think Mississippi State and Arkansas are right in the same boat together. They're going to be at the bottom of this division, and pretty much the winner of that game is going to determine. Who is at the bottom, much yeah. like you believe the Auburn game exactly is the is the turning point. Yeah, you're just saying Auburn wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because Arkansas got no favors in their schedule. No. They have the toughest schedule in all the country, and it's not even debatable. Yeah, secret time, none of them got any favors. Mm-hmm. The only favor I see on the schedule is that the crossover game for Mississippi State is Vanderbilt. That was your one favor. Yeah. And that puts you at three and nine. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, to me, they have Rice, they have Georgia Southern, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Like, those are the only games that they can win all season long.